How did Maritimers celebrate an average Christmas 153 years ago, in 1868? Let's go through their own notes from diaries and letters to see in their own words what Christmas was like back then. You're listening to Backyard History, the hidden stories that happen in your own backyard, the podcast version of the weekly history column running in newspapers across the Maritimes with your host and author, Andrew McLean. That Christmas Eve, Georgina Perry wrote in her diary that she had driven her horse and sled to Fredericton's orphanage to deliver shirts, dresses, and petticoats to all of the children. She had ordered the clothing from England and was quite relieved when the box had arrived on the 19th, as she was growing worried that it wasn't going to make it in time for Christmas. She then drove the orphans to the exhibition grounds where a special tea party was held for the children, and a large outdoor Christmas tree had been decorated. Throughout the holidays, Georgina Perry was suffering a persistent toothache. A potential cause of her toothache could be New Brunswick's curious Christmas donut tradition. All over the province, donuts were a particular favorite Christmas time treat. New Brunswickers recognized that this had long gone beyond the point of merely being popular and was bordering on being an obsession of theirs. In 1808, the St. John Globe newspaper wrote of the donut phenomenon. They said, quote unquote, the donut is the king of the feast. Fat, juicy, and crisp, well cooked and wholesome. We are half ashamed of them, though they are a requisite of Christmas culture. We eat them in a furtive manner. Most old fellows carry donuts around in their pockets and eat them at all sorts of unreasonable hours. Some families make donuts by the barrel. <laughs> New Brunswick's favorite Christmas time tree was about 5.5 inches long and was U-shaped instead of the more traditional circle shape. They were fried in a deep fat. They're typically flavored with things like ginger or molasses or sour cream. The next day, Christmas Day, was Georgina's 24th birthday. She attended a military service at the barracks that morning and then drove to the cathedral for the Christmas service. After church, she visited her friend Juliana Horatia Ewing, but wrote in her diary that she found her in bed with a cold and feverish attack. Juliana Horatia Ewing was a famous British author who was living in Fredericton with her husband, who was part of the British garrison stationed there. For the preceding week, she had been bedridden with a bad flu. That Christmas morning, her husband had brought her breakfast in bed. And then, in a case of rather poor timing, he informed his sick wife that he was likely to be deployed somewhere else when they departed Fredericton. This meant that it would be several more years before they would ever return home to England. Juliana wrote a letter to her sister describing her reaction. I couldn't hold out when Rexy came in to talk about it, and I broke down and had a regular good cry. I knew it was very selfish, for he prefers being abroad, and I expected him to be quite vexed, but I couldn't keep it back. But oh, he was so kind. 
He sympathized and comforted me and made me feel all right again. I have never loved him so much. Juliana's husband left to go to the barracks Christmas event while she stayed home alone. She had given her servants the day off so that they could enjoy their own Christmases with their own families. Juliana wrote to her sister that she heard a knock on her door later. She struggled out of bed to answer it. There was no one there, but on her step sat a mysterious wrapped up package. Attached to it was an anonymous note thanking her for putting up with them all year. Inside the package was what she'd called a very pretty silver coffee pot. Up the hill from the barracks and where Juliana and Georgina had spent Christmas was the University of New Brunswick. A 19-year-old named Robert Raymond was a student at this school. He was only one of three St. Johners that was attending the university that year and he traveled with the other two of them back home to Christmas with his family in St. John. His diaries reveal some pretty curious forgotten university traditions. One particularly surprising tradition was that students could actually petition the university for days off, and they made up their own little holidays that way. That November 30th, the student body had petitioned the university for a holiday so that they could all go skating. It is customary, Raymond explained to his diary, to obtain a holiday for that purpose each year. It ended up actually being a rather disappointing holiday for him as he belatedly realized, I had no skates, so I could not take advantage of the holiday. Raymond's bad holiday continued into that evening when the students threw a party, but none of the ladies they had invited showed up which he wrote in his diary, generally makes a party somewhat flat. Raymond's exams finished that December 20th, and right after the students were assembled with the university president declaring the term closed. The students responded to his announcement by singing Old Lang Syne three consecutive times. Raymond wrote that that evening, his professors opened up their hearts and gave us a couple of turkeys to make amends for all of their former lackings. After returning home to St. John, Raymond found his family all well and happy to greet me. That Christmas day, he went to two separate church services, first in St. John, and later he took a sled all the way to Lower Norton to see a second church service. He actually had a pretty low opinion on both services, declaring, the singing was not extremely good. Interestingly, one of the churches he attends Christmas sermon was not religious, but was about love. The minister gave the young people present marriage advice. Far from dour, Raymond wrote in his diary that the church was joyfully decorated and the service was quite animated and humorous. The minister's advice to the young ladies that were present was basically that in order to measure how good of a husband a man will make, they should observe how he treats his mother. Outside of New Brunswick's major cities, there were fewer options for Christmas entertainment. In Long Reach, on the Kingston Peninsula, farmer Benjamin Crawford's Christmas Day diary read simply, We thought to take a sled ride, but the ice was too thin, so we came back home again. 
That was all. Workers at the Prince William train station didn't get a holiday that Christmas day. However, when they arrived to work, they were surprised to discover what they described as a nice large turkey accompanied by all the necessary fixings for a good dinner. They would publish a thank you note to their mysterious benefactor in the St. John Globe newspaper. They wrote to their turkey donor, may your shadow never grow less and you live to a good old age and may many likewise show you the kindness you showed these forgotten railway men on Christmas. Backyard History with your host, Andrew McLean. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for another hidden story that happened in your own backyard. Backyard.